RSV, or respiratory syncytial virus, is a virus that can cause infections of the lungs and airways, and it's estimated to hospitalize over 30,000 children every year. At Synexus, we're looking for adult volunteers to take part in clinical trials to understand the disease and help find a vaccine. To find out if you're eligible to take part in one of our studies, visit synexusclinic.co.uk. Synexus, be part of clinical trials. Do something rewarding. Welcome to the Back to Health podcast, where we share inspirational stories of hope to help you reclaim your health. If you're suffering from a chronic condition and have been given little to no hope, if you've been told that there's nothing wrong with you, but you know there definitely is something wrong, or if you're just trying to be preventative and want to know how to reclaim your health, then this podcast is for you. I can't wait to share today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Back to Health podcast. Now, today's episode is all about healing from your childhood experiences. And this is one that I feel is really close to home for everyone, because no matter how good a childhood you think you had, there are always things that have happened in our childhood that have shaped the way that we view the world, that we view other people, um, that we understand things and it's even it even shapes our beliefs and our morals because most of our beliefs are formed up till the age of about six or seven and then those are the beliefs that form and that we carry around for most of our adult lives so it's not that you have to have had a traumatic childhood for things to have affected you later in adulthood. There can be things that could have been very small, minor misunderstandings that have shaped your worldview and therefore have made you operate in a certain way that maybe that as you've grown and de- developed, those skills are now or those beliefs are now um no longer serving you and so you have outgrown the purpose of holding those beliefs and it's important to understand how you can heal and move beyond the beliefs that we picked up in our childhood. So our guest today is a branding and lead strategist. She's an international speaker, educator and a best-selling author and Kala works with coaches and experts to brand and launch profitable online businesses but a lot of overcoming the obstacles that you find when you are launching a business or you are trying to improve your sales um, or even just succeed in any other part of your life has a lot to do with our childhood experiences. So Kala would like to share her story and how she healed and overcame the challenges that she faced in her childhood. Welcome to the show, Kala Krish. So hi, Kala. It's so lovely to have you on the show today. And I'm just, I'm really excited for me and the audience to get to know your story and to understand the sort of pivotal points in sort of how you've come from your childhood, you know, the situation and how you've evolved. Because I think your story is sort of more common than we know. And we both come from a very similar sort of like, you know, Asian background. Um, You deal with the same sort of limiting beliefs that you might be given in childhood. And then I think a lot of people can relate regardless of what background you come from because there are certain limiting beliefs in different cultures that we all have to learn to overcome if we want to step beyond what is considered to be successful in that particular culture right because um, exactly a lot of us who want to fulfill like what our parents think you know parents view or cultural view of success is with those beliefs you probably can get there because that's what they're setting you up for but if you want to go beyond that then it can be really hard to sort of break away from that so I'd love to start just right at the beginning so you know from your childhood what you experiences were and sort of your 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 trajectory from from there really thank you and and again thank you for having me and so yeah you know starting from childhood so I come from um above average financially in the point of view of financially I come from above average family which was great and and going back like my grandparents like my granddad was an engineer he was a civil engineer with Singapore Airlines at those time you know so you can imagine like you know I came from a family where they were pretty educated my grandparents like my grandma was driving till she was 90 and um it was pretty cool you know coming from that background and all my aunties and uncles were academically very successful like lawyers doctors teachers and so on and so forth so you know very like different from a lot of people that I spoke to where they have um probably you can say backgrounds that were not really very educated or not financially sound but then I think together with it what happened is there was a lot of expectations in my household 
Mm. You know, I was the first granddaughter and my mom, uh, but I had a good time. So I have to say, I had a really, really um, good space of growing up with my grandparents. You know, I think how I survived it all was that I had a good balance. So growing up, my mom, she's an accountant with Singapore Airlines. And so she, she had a whole lot of expectations, right? And then she always came to a space where she was always competing, like her daughter had to be better than, mm. you know, maybe her sister's daughter or somebody else's daughter or son and you know yeah. growing up it was it was hard you know and then from a very young age I was beaten like really beaten like I would go to school with stripes in my head because using a cane at those times was normal you know and so if I didn't know my mathematics I would get beaten and and it was it was not a nice space to be in but how I think I managed to survive it was because whenever I used to go to my grandparents house um it was just filled with love like I was so treasured because I was the oldest granddaughter, yeah. you know, so I was pampered, I was spoiled, I was given so much love. And I think how, what I did well was that I kind of focused on the love and was drawn to that and wanted more of that rather than focusing on what made me unhappy and what was not good for me and what was not working for me. You know, yeah. and so it, as time blew by, it was like I really growing up, I absolutely just couldn't get along with my mom. Like I absolutely hated her, if that's the right word, you know, and I'm growing up to become a teenage years. I was an absolute rebel. Like I would leave the house. I would hang out with friends and um, do all kind of things. And, and so my mom, really, she just couldn't handle me anymore, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think so it was just my way of running away from what I didn't really like. Yeah. And again, I'm blessed because I had a good circle of friends. You know, when I say good, not the kind of circle that I would want to be with now. But what I mean by good is that um, I was always looked after. You know, there was so much love. There was no competition. There was too, we were just having fun. You know, clean fun, nice fun. You know, and and I and I loved it. So that grew me and and um, probably brought up more of like, who am I as a person? You know, yeah. I enjoy being with people who just wanted to have fun. It was just so simple, right? And so, but my mom, like I said, because her expectations were not met, she I I'll, I'll share this, which I actually I've never shared this anywhere. So I think it was about seventeen or eighteen years old. My mom called the police on me because I came home at 11 p.m. one day so and it was funny like now when I look back at it I actually laugh at it because when the police guys came they were like okay so they were just questioning me so where did you go what did you do and then they just turned to my mom and said well we can't do anything because she didn't do anything wrong yeah do you know what I mean? and I was like it was just so weird but I think in my mom she was like no she needs to go to a girl's home she needs to be corrected she needs discipline she needs yeah. to know how to go back to her studies and educate herself and get herself a job so she couldn't take the fact that I I was just not conforming yeah you know yeah. um and so I started and then as I grew up I didn't sit in a job I would always job hop and then people used to say oh she's not disciplined she mm. always job hops. She's not good at anything. But then I'm telling you, like when I left Singapore and I came here to the UK, I became an entrepreneur. And that's when I actually found the answer to that. It's not because I was job hopping. It was because I had never really found what I wanted to do. Yes, yes. And I yeah. think that, that's, so, so, um, that's so important for people from different cultural backgrounds to understand because obviously parents do have this expectation. And sometimes it's that, yeah. you know, the un what is it like you know your mom may have had dreams that she didn't fulfill so the unfulfilled exactly. dreams trying to live them through you and putting the expectation and the pressure and everything on you and when you're exactly. not confirming it's like something's wrong with you and not understanding exactly. that something's actually wrong with not wrong with her but she's not managing her own emotions and expectations properly exactly. rather than expecting you to be the person she wants you to be and um this is a exactly really, this is a really important point for me because I know this culturally as well, but many parents yeah. believe they own their children. Their children belong yeah. to them. And, you know, so my child should do what I expect them to do. And when that child grows up, they should support this family and they should give everything back to this family. Because exactly. This, this family gave everything to them. And what I want to say is that I understand where that comes from. And I understand where the generational cultural beliefs come from. But what you have to understand is that that is not unconditional love. 
And that is really exactly. important because the only job of a parent I see is to unconditionally love your child. Like, yes, you need to keep them safe and you need to like, you know, discipline them to a certain extent. You want them to be good human beings. But really, if you unconditionally love your child, like, no matter what they do, they feel loved. Then at the end of the yeah. day, you've done your job as a parent and your job is not to shape them or make them something or mold them into something. And it's something that I've had to work really hard to detach myself from that because when my children, when my daughter especially was much younger, I could hear my mom's voice in my head like it was I could hear oh, yeah. you know you, you hear the echo of your mom like I, I started saying things and I was like but that's not me like that's not what I want for my yeah. child but I can't help yeah. it it was it was like a knee-jerk reaction like my mom's voice was coming through me like hurry up and finish your thing and do this quickly and hurry up and, yeah. and like, but that's not how that's not the relationship I want with my daughter that's not the relationship I want to be. that's not the type of mom I want to be but you almost can't help it so I'd love to know like having come from that type of experience like how did that affect the way that you dealt with things like you know in your in your adulthood like how much of that was ingrained in you and that you had to sort of break, yeah. break away from I you gave me goosebumps when you said that because that is something that's so close to my heart so I I I think I grew up well and then I got married very early um I got married at 20 when I just passed 21 so early 22 yeah. and um and I had my child my daughter I've only got one daughter and I got her at 23 years old she's 18 years old today wow and I think that was my way of escaping you know but when I got married um I think that changed my life it's awesome husband I've been married to him for like um 19 years now and wow. I was dating him before that for about four years so I I've been with him since I was 17 years old you know and um thank you so I, I I'm so proud of how far I have come in my own journey in terms of marriage number one and also my relationship with my daughter and what you said is so true so having her at a very young age I didn't I never had the support system as in like how to look after her. I remember when I gave birth in the hospital, I gave birth to her around at night. The next day in the morning, so I gave birth to her past midnight. And then the next day in the morning, I had to discharge myself, leaving her in the hospital, literally running to the mall to go order the cart and get all those things done and buy her clothes because I was told not to buy all of those things before the child was born. Yeah. You know, so um, so I didn't do any of that. Neither did I expect anybody to do that for me me so I discharged myself and me and my husband we went to go shop all those things the next day went back to the hospital and then picked my daughter and then we came back home right and and so when I went back the, even the nurses were like did you just give birth like a few hours ago and I was like yes I did you know but I guess I was young so I was able to do it you know and 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 I'm I'm blessed so that's all I would say to it but I have no regrets on that I love that it's an experience it's a story to share and Growing up and bringing her up with no guidance whatsoever, I think that was was the best things ever. So I don't have to hear from other people how to do things. So that was great. And I had a husband who would also not tolerate it when people would say, oh, tell her to do things properly or, you know, that kind of stuff. He was like, she's the mom. She knows what she's doing. So it was great to have that space to allow me to grow as a mom. But you're so right in saying that, that voice echoes in your head all the time and so growing up there was once ever just once she did something I can't even remember what that was it must have been something so silly I spanked her heart on the bed once and let me tell you the cry that she did I ended up crying that night and I couldn't sleep and I said a sorry to her after that and that was the last ever that she has had a hit from me ever and I think she was about five six years old I think she I've never beaten her neither is my husband we it it was it was a wake-up call and when that happened it was like what did I just do you know like what did I just got them do and that hurt me so bad and I think it was a conscious battle always hearing that voice of my mom and when someone some and and sometimes it's funny when someone's relative says oh you look so like your mom and I was like shut the f up no I don't (laughs) you know it's like Stop it because I don't want that that reconfirmation. So I don't want that um, that kind of thing to be attached to me, mm. you know, because it affects me psychologically. So it was always a constant battle and being so self-aware of how I speak, how my tonality is, how I say things, how I do things. Over now, over years, these years, I think I've got an amazing relationship with her. Like we could talk about boys. We could talk about how she, what, what silly things she did in school, you know, like anything and everything we could talk about with no judgments and like what he said is so right it's about creating a space where it's home 
you know yeah. and i think that's so important that is something i never really had with my parents like if i could not come back to them and say that i didn't do something right you know like i remember when i came to the uk for, i was from singapore so when i came from singapore to the uk that was about nine years back even then i had so many of them tell me this is the worst decision you could ever do why would you bring a nine-year-old daughter get your husband leave his job and then move to a country where you have no support system like you're going to regret this you know you don't know what you're doing listen to people who have done it you know all that kind of stuff yeah but today i know that was one of the best decisions i made or we made rather to move away from the toxic environment because now i don't have to hear i'm not obliged to go visit them every week i don't have to deal with those stuff you know some people call it running away i call it moving away from toxicity because mm-hmm. i think that's so important and you need to be able to understand what is it that draws your energy and gives you the negative vibe move away from it and we need to normalize saying that it's you know people say it's only your mom it's okay it's your mom it's okay it's your dad it's not okay mm-hmm. we need to normalize that it's not okay it doesn't matter who it is if they're wrong they're wrong if your vibes don't settle it doesn't settle and then you need to know how to move away but at the same time i think it's also important to know that i still speak to my mom on a weekly basis like she calls me and we just go hi hello and we we just find out how things are going and that's great so what i've learned to do is to forgive but not forget so this memory is always stick with you you can't take it away from me yeah you know but i've come to realize that she did what she thought was right at that point and that's great she's it's good for her if she's okay with it i'm okay and i'm moving on because i think people hold on to the baggage yeah you know and the more you hold on to it the person who's actually getting hurt is you not your mom yes because you'll never be able to create something more beautiful if you keep holding on to what's hurting you that's a really right so i think it's just about moving yeah yeah now i was going to say that's such an important point um because i think it's like people think that if you have to forgive or if you want to forgive you have to just forget everything that happened and that's not the case like you can still keep those memories because those situations help you learn how to be you right those situations molded yeah. you it gave you the lessons that you needed to make sure that you don't do things that way because you know how it feels and you won't have that exactly. awareness if you didn't have those experiences so you don't have to forget the exactly. memories you don't have to forget those things happened it's a true part of your life it it happened right you, you, there's no there's no yeah. denying it but at the same time i think it's important for us to understand and i think i heard this um it might have been like an oprah, oprah interview or youtube clip i watched like a long time ago but it was the best thing for me in terms of healing and understanding where other people are coming from it's that know that yeah. everybody is doing the best that they can possibly do it might not be what you expected or you wanted or you even like yeah. you not even what you need from that person but yeah. they are doing the best that they can do so just to understand that they are coming from a place of what they think is right what they think is the best what they think is good for you they just want to give you the things that they think are good whether or yeah. not that's right or wrong is a different story like whether it's good for exactly. you or not is a different story but the only way you can move past those situations is to understand yeah. they they weren't coming for the intention was not bad maybe the way that they delivered it was not the right way but the intention was yeah. never never bad in the first place so do you think that your healing journey started like once you moved to the UK and were able to remove yourself from that toxic sort of environment like did you feel that was a really pivotal point in allowing yourself to start healing um those those, those no actually my healing journey started when i moved out when i got married Okay. Um I think that was that was the turning point in my life because that gave me time away from my parents home. Yeah. You know, and then just creating a life that I always wanted, creating a home that I always wanted. And for me that was the biggest thing. So the non-negotiable for me in the marriage was that I'm going to be at home with my daughter and looking after her. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. That yeah. that was the bottom line for me. So I think that's when my whole healing journey started. But I think, you know, I like I said I've been blessed in a sense that though I have all these memories, I had very good support system around me in terms of friends, uh, my grandparents and a couple of aunts. Like I've always felt that love and and um so I learned love, I learned abundance. I love that kind of stuff from them. So it was a good I wouldn't say a balance, but I think I was like I said I was more drawn towards it. So I was more um so the way I was acting the way I was talking the way I was attracting people was more towards that rather mm. than the negative so i think now that i'm in the space of like coaching and business and and mindfulness and all that we we kind of attach names to it but years back i didn't know what that meant but now when you look back i was just drawn more to the 
learning energy than to the negative energy, which I think, again, is something that people need to understand. You need to become more self-aware into where you're drawn. People go and, and focus on like, oh, my mom's hurting me, my parents hurting me, I hate my, my, my spouse. You know, But the thing is, they keep reliterating that energy and they keep talking about it rather than focusing on something else that could actually then bring them to a better space you know and so yeah i think my healing journey started way back way way back i think me moving to the uk was just a tipping point of the it was just that that bit where it started me moving to the uk more than a healing journey it was more of self-discovery because i was a stay-at-home mom all the while until i moved to the uk and it was an accidental um entry into becoming a business person you know and then a new community a new support system where I kind of discovered myself and that is when in my 30s I actually figured out who I was you know sure I was a mom I was a wife but then who was I as a person was actually when I came to the UK I kind of figured that out so that that was a journey on its own scale but healing I think I did it at a very 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 early age so yeah that's so interesting so you know when you become an entrepreneur you have these things called like upper upper, upper limiting beliefs and you have things that don't allow you to be you know like everyone thinks that being an entrepreneur is like there's hustle and there's hard work and there's hours that you have to put in yes there's all of that but if it's about hard work I think you know like I'm always happy I can work as hard as you want me to work I've got no issues with hard work but and most people I'm sure like you're similar you're used to doing hard work you're happy to put in the hours but it's not just about putting in the hours yeah. because there's lots of self-belief and there's lots of limitations and issues that can come up with you and most of these things tend to come from our childhoods right like most of the exactly. beliefs that come up come from our childhoods so could you talk to us a little bit about when you started this journey as an entrepreneur, what sort of self-limiting beliefs did come up for you? And you know, which ones of those were related to your, your experiences in childhood? And, and how did you then over, yeah. overcome those? Oh my God, you know what? So many, so many. I think what I was good is that from a very young age, when I got married, I was just blessed to have a husband who was super supportive. Like he's just one of those guys like wants me to, he likes to see me in the limelight. So go do this, go do that, go drive by this and get that, you know? And, you know, it's not just being materialistic, but I got my first LV back from him. Like I never used to spend this kind of things. I never had that kind of visualizations or things like that. But then that opened up my, my, my mindset as like, we can get anything we want right so in terms of finances and how big and how much i wanted how 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 what i wanted out of life monetarily i think i had that from the day i got married but then when i went and really became an entrepreneur when i came to the uk there was a totally a different mindset like it was like can i even do this because growing up i was always not good enough you know like I said I didn't even know who I was like I was not good enough like I've had my own long say to be like you, you know you're, you can't be a good mom like if you're going to put your daughter in a school probably ask others who have been to unis and different schools see what school to put her in like you know or maybe my daughter would write a composition and they would be like get her to assess the composition and see if she can like come on stop it we are not illiterate do you know what I mean yeah. it's like how bad are we you know so I think sometimes like so when I be, when I came here and, and I went out and hit my final year studies in the UK that's how I got to the UK and I got the best entrepreneur award for that year actually wow. you know and and when I was named that the final year and I was given a thousand dollars and and I remember the first ever mentor I had he said to me Carla you have so many talents go you got this just go do it you know and when there was somebody out there telling you that you know you can do this and I telling you that there was just like a like a momentum going on so I started my first business again like okay am I cut out for this am I not can I do this can I not do that but I still did it anyway because I've been a person who always takes action if I wanted to and my speed of implementation is very fast because I like to kind of fail fast so that I know the outcome and then yeah. I can move on to the next thing right like, do, do I, I don't like to drag this? it up yeah no, no I, I hate that I hate to like okay sit there for two years trying to build something up and then you just wasted two goddamn years you know so I, I'm not that person so I did it I launched my first business and then I was going to raise money so within three months I went to pitch um, and then the guy said to me okay this has not really been launched yet go launch it and come back to me and I'll find you your investment so I went on launched it uh, within a month and a half and then I had obviously income coming in three months from then I raised my first six-figure investment wow and 
Yeah. And so when I did my first pitch, and the funny thing is, in my second pitch, I raised my investment. And when I was doing my pitch, I have never done a pitch before. Like, really? And I'm telling you, like, today I invest in companies. Today I teach people how to pitch. And I always tell them one thing. A lot of people focus on the business plans. They write such hefty business plans. They focus on, you know, all the nitty-gritty things. But I'm like, no, you focus on you. Because nobody actually knows the business as well as you. Yeah. And how I nailed it was just speaking so passionately about what is it that I want to do. Yeah. You know, and it was a super easy, quick process. And people don't believe it. There's people going on for two, three years trying to raise investment unsuccessfully. That's because the focus is on the wrong point. Yeah. You've got to think what the investor is looking for. You know, and so, yeah, that was one thing where I kind of started like, it was not enough. Like, is this good enough? Like, can I pitch? Can I do this? Who's going to give me money? Like my own mom wouldn't invest in me. So why would somebody else do that? You know? Yeah. And, and I remember my, in the first, the guy who introduced me to investors said, you know what? You're going to become so big. Like they are going to come and invest in you. Just, just do this. Yeah. And, um, Sometimes that's all it takes, you know, I have to be so honest. Sometimes all it takes is just for that one person to say, you got this. Yeah. And then if you are a self-starter, you, you, you will get it going. And I think I was just that same. That was, I was in that scenario. And there's many instances, you know, where you talk about finances, um, where I feel like sometimes I, I get a bit comfortable and I'm not growing. So if I earn a certain amount, I feel like, okay, I'm enough with that. And then I stop doing whatever I'm doing and yeah. I just relax a little bit. And then, and I think that goes back. And this was again caught by one of my mentors. And he said, you know what? You're so comfortable. One day I'm going to empty your bank account out for you. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, but you see, that's the thing because you, you, you kind of feel like you, you don't want to mourn. You don't want to be greedy, but actually it's not greedy. What I've learned in this space and this so many years of doing business is that more have the more I can give because today I speak to so many university students I literally like work with so many youth that's my passion like because I have an 18 year old daughter like the impact I've done on her is the impact that is creating the next generation impact really you know and I have helped like 21 years old like literally clear their student loan debts clear their credit cards and start their own business and run currently six-figure business they're 23 right now you know, and, and for me, like, what else, like, there's nothing else bigger, is it? And I'm able to do that because I have the time freedom, number one, yeah. and I have the financial resources because yeah. if I'm struggling on my own end, I have no time to be spending on other people right now. Definitely. Right. So for me to be able to give my energy and time for that, then I need to be able to have a full cup first before yeah. I could give. That's actually so that, that's Sorry, I was going to say that's actually... No, no, go on something I've struggled with um, growing up because, you know, when you come from a cultural background and, um, you know, just for anyone that doesn't know, so my family's from Sri Lanka and so we still have family there and my, my parents had to leave in the middle of a, a war to, to come over here and, um, you know, you're always told there's people there starving, there's people there that don't have education, yeah. there's, there's people there that don't have and so sometimes when you start having, like I remember when I had my first job I started working when I was 16 because I felt this guilt of, I don't want to, I, I need to help my parents, I don't want to burden my parents um, I want to contribute yeah. and so I started working when I was 16 tutoring and when I started earning that money I would feel so guilty to buy stuff because I was like but there's people over there that don't have and there's people over there that don't have and that's always in the back of your mind and then we also when we were younger did go and visit like we visited and we saw the situation and like firsthand and those memories stick with me so you know anytime I'm always very conscious of yes I do need to help I do need to help other people and especially people back home and you know I do need to send money there and I I do lots of charity and philanthropy and stuff around that but at the same time I can't stop the guilt that comes with oh but I want to buy this one thing for myself and I feel so guilty like you don't need a bag that you know like you mentioned the LV bag my husband bought me one too but there's part of me that's like I keep it all wrapped up really nice in the packaging and I don't use it because I'm like I don't want to spoil the bag because my husband spent so much money on it but also I, there's a part of me that feels a bit guilty about you don't need a bag because that could feed this many people that could educate this many children and getting into that mindset of understanding just because you have something nice doesn't mean that you're taking away from other people like there is enough in the world for you to have nice exactly. things exactly and for you to give to other people what you need to understand is that you need to the more that you become abundant the more you can help 
the people you want to help exactly and it's not a choice between whether you have the lv bag or whether you help people you can do, exactly you can do both but it took me a long time even to take it out the box and wear it it took my husband literally was like i bought you that bag like ages ago why are you still not wearing it and um he did it for the same reason that you mentioned like my husband wanted me to know like anything's possible like you are not limited exactly. by your background or your culture or where you come from and you know he saved up many many months to buy that it's not like we could afford that easily or anything but the exactly reason, the reason he did it was i want you to know that you are abundant I want you to know that you, you know, that you're not, lim- yeah. you're not limited, and that's the reason he bought he bought that for me. So I didn't want it. It's not that you know. Um, so it's really, yeah. yeah I, I find that point so interesting because it, it's that's a personal um, thing that I've had to really work hard at because I have I have struggled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think what also comes out with that is that by you being abandoned, you inspire so many other people to follow the same. Yes. And that is what I love it. You know, when you have something, people go like, how did you do that? Because they want more as well. You know, so I think it's, it's, it's a nice thing. In any way you look at it, it's like just helping people reach the goals by you showing them what you have done for yourself. I think that's just beautiful in its own way. So, yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. And, um, you know, like, thank you so much for sharing your story because that helps that helps others understand that you can like sort of go beyond what limitations you were told yeah. as you were a child. And, you know, I think sometimes it's hard for us as parents because sometimes our expectations do get put on our children. And I try really hard not to do that. But sometimes it's like, oh, you got, you know, like we, we write the whole week on your spellings and you got like three wrong or two wrong or whatever. And I have to be so mindful to be like, because I have my parents, you know, parents being like, what happened? Why didn't you get it right? And then not in a bad way. They just, you know, they just know that they know yeah. you're capable of doing better. So they're like, why have you not done better? But I have to be really mindful to my child to say, that's okay you know that's just three three words we can learn that again and you'll you'll do better next time but do you know you know i have to try and make my daughter sort of understand do you know why you might have got them wrong did you not focus very much this week or were you not like you know did you not put enough effort into it think about what would be the reasons and next time try and avoid them but not still to make her feel bad that she didn't achieve something just because i expected or i know that she's capable and i want her to do that because that just adds pressure that you don't want to add um to people so it'd be interesting if you had any tips for us around how we can be mindful in the way that we speak to the next generation like our children nieces nephews or other children that we come across what are things that we can do to help them feel that that it's safe for them to be how they want to be like it's safe for them to be themselves and they don't have to conform to anybody's expectation of what they need to be yeah i think the number one thing i tell everyone is to stop asking kids what they want to be when they grow up oh yeah RSV, or respiratory syncytial virus, is a virus that can cause infections of the lungs and airways, and it's estimated to hospitalize over 30,000 children every year. At Synexus, we're looking for adult volunteers to take part in clinical trials to understand the disease and help find a vaccine. To find out if you're eligible to take part in one of our studies, visit synexusclinic.co.uk. Synexus, be part of clinical trials. Do something rewarding. They have to stop that because I think that's an added pressure and they don't have to get it figured out, you know, because kids are then like, they, they end up either lying or just putting things up that they know, oh, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a firefighter, I want to be this, I want to be that. But actually, that's not what they want to be at all. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to be until I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, I think just, and if you ask my daughter today what she wants to be, she'll just answer you very simply, I just want to be happy. That's my daughter's answer. Love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my daughter, though she kind of now she's finishing A-levels and she's going to uni, she's going to become a bio, she wants to go into biochemistry, but she's she's got so many things she wants to do. She's a, a YouTuber and she wants to go into career dancing. So she does so many different things and I just let her go venture. She wants to take a backpack and start traveling after she finishes her A-levels. But I'm like, just whatever, you know, because it's a mode of self-discovery. And I think as parents, we need to be very mindful of, of kind of... Um, adding that stress to them. So for example, she's doing her A-levels right now. And 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 I think it was last week where she just ended up breaking down because it's just too many things coming at one time for her. Yeah. And with the COVID happening when schools reopened, what the schools were doing is they were just pushing like three, four exams at one time. Exactly. Because they needed the A-level grades to kind of give them the um, you know, the the kind of results they, they wanted to put together. Yeah. Um so it was just too much and she had projects to do and everything. And one day she just broke down. And I was like, don't cry there's nothing to cry it doesn't matter it's not the end of the world like you do well it's great you don't do well it's also fine there's mm-hmm. always so many different things you could go on and do but she's always done well in the exam so i i just feel like 
you see, I think, you know, again, I've had this conversation with parents before, and it's always a case of like agree to disagree, where parents will be like, you know, we need to limit screen time on the kids. We need to tell kids to go to bed early. I am not a fan of that at all. My daughter, she can sleep at 1, 2 a.m. sometimes, and she'd be watching her show. I don't mind it, you know, but things get done. Like, she always knows her priorities. Mm. The key is not to tell them to limit the screen time. It is actually to educate them to get the priorities right. I could not... That's the important thing. I could not agree more. I mean, like, I just... If you just apply this, like, I agree with you on screen time as well. Like, uh, my children are six and three, and I don't limit them. I want them to self-regulate and learn how to make exactly. good, good choices because I'm not going to be there when they're 16 or 18 or 25 exactly. or whatever, and they can't stop binge-watching a Netflix show. They have to know to self-regulate themselves. And, and you know, um, yeah, I always give my children, like, this is my advice. Like, I never say, you must do this, or you... I mean, I can't say never say. Exactly. Maybe I do sometimes accidentally sort of say, you have to do this. But, you know, most of the time, I try to say... My advice would be this, but what you decide to do is then up to you. Like, I, I'm not here to control you. I'm here to guide you. And I can only speak from my experience, but you may have other yeah. ideas and other things that have to come out of you that I can't, st- I don't want to stop. So I'm going to yeah. give you my advice, but you can try whatever you want and you'll learn the hard way if you have to learn the hard way. That, that's your choice. So when it comes to stuff yeah. like, like Easter eggs, for example, that like one of my friends is like, I tell all my family, no one give chocolate, no one give Easter. Like, I can't control other people. Like, people want to give love to, if, if people think that's their way of giving love to my children and they want to give it, they can give it. But I will teach my children about how to limit themselves from, right, you've got all of this. Now, is that good quality chocolate? Do you want to put that into your body? Uh, this is better, more chocolate, healthier chocolate. Do you want to put that into your body? But you make the decision. And I don't hide anything. We don't, like, we don't do anything. Yeah. And I get my children to throw away themselves the stuff that they're not going yeah. to eat. So they pick up the, you know, like, very low quality chocolate Easter eggs and stuff that you get. I'm like, that is really full of chemicals and toxins and look at all the E numbers. So it's up to you. I would advise you to put that in the bin, but you do what you like to do. And so they, yeah. pick it, they pick it up and they put it into the bin because they are self-regulating themselves. This stuff, I'm not going to eat. So when they're 18 or 20 or whatever, someone gives them something and they know it's not good, they can put it exactly. in, the, in the bin. Right? It's not, they're not like, mommy needs to be on the phone. Like, why are you, why are you doing this? Put this in exactly. the bin. Exactly. Right? I don't understand why parents do that. Like, they try to tell them, like, oh, you you have to stop the TV by 9 o'clock. No. Yeah. Like, I watch movies with her until, like, 2 a.m. sometimes. My husband joins us. We all binge watch. Like, what's the big deal right now? Do you know? Like, her work's done. She's doing well. She's happy. We all are happy. We have our time. And she's a worker at night. She works better when it's slightly later into the evening. It's good. She knows herself. She knows what that, what works for her. And yeah. that's all that matters, you know? As long as they're not doing anything that's, you know, that you don't want them to be doing even that you can only educate them you know and I think that comes again from my own self-awareness growing up my friends of course all of them were smokers we used to hit the club so often and all of them were drinkers they would swing from relationship to relationships but I was one of those girls like never smoke I don't smoke I don't drink like drink like I do have occasional party drinks but not like drink um and I don't swing you know so it's like I think it doesn't matter the environment as long as you know what is it that you can do, cannot do and want to do and do not want to do. That's all that matters. You know, and my daughter is the same. And I think it's just teaching them the boundaries of making smart decisions and then they're good because it's about teaching them to become a responsible adult so they yeah. find the right partner, they know what's good for them, good yeah. for their life, and they're happy, that's all that matters. The more you restrict, the more you hold back, the more you do things, you're going to realize that actually at the back end, you're doing, you're harming them in so many different ways. They're doing so many different things that you don't even know about. Exactly. It causes, yeah, so. it causes so many mental health issues that I think we don't get to it see. Does. Like As parents, you may not have to deal with those mental health issues because they manifest as the child gets older, and once they become and as an adult, your child is the one that's going to be the, the the person that has to deal with those those mental health issues. So exactly. you have to be so mindful in the way that we bring them up that they don't feel inadequate or they don't feel restricted or they don't feel like they have to do things a certain way and they have freedom to explore because if they can't explore with us, then like they're going to go and explore in a world that is quite unsafe. Um, you know, exactly. if they don't feel safe to explore at home, they're like, I have to go somewhere else to explore. And that place might yeah. not be a safe place to go and explore. So we need to think about creating a safe environment where you can make mistakes, you can fail. Um, and it's okay yeah. to fail. Like, I'm here to catch you. Like, I'm, I'm here exactly. to like, this is This is my advice. I, I hope you won't do this. Even if you do, I'm here to catch you. So, like, give it yes, a go. Totally. If, if you feel so strongly that you must do something, even though I don't feel you should, give it a go and let's see what let's see what happens sort of thing. So, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you in, in terms of that. It's really important for our children to feel 
like you said, actually, having that home, you know, a place where it's yours and you can do what you like yeah. and no one's going to laugh at you or say something to you or um, judge you, you know, really important. You have exactly. a place where you can go where you're not judged and you can just do what yeah. you want to do and, uh, and, and be that. I can't say that, you know, I get it right 100% of the time. There are times where I'm really like stressed oh, and, you know, you, you, you get angry and like, well, why are you doing this? I've told you so many times, like, stop, you know, whatever. But yeah. as, mu- as much as you can, you try and create that space um, for your children. Or if you make a mistake, you apologize. I do make a conscious effort that, you know, we are all human beings. We will all make mistakes. I have shouted at my children even when I've not wanted to shout at them. And But I always yeah. make a point of apologizing to them, which is something I feel like, you know, just to sit down and say, hey, I made a mistake. It wasn't anything you did. It wasn't your fault. Something you did triggered me, but that's my problem. It's not your fault that that happened, right? Just yeah. so that they're clear that they haven't, they're not a bad person or they haven't done something wrong. But I feel like in our culture, especially, you never got an mm. apology from your parents. Getting an apology from your parents would be like amazing you know if that ever happened sometimes you get told off of things you didn't even do and they'll be like oh whatever exactly walk out the room yeah. but that's a cultural yeah. thing because there is this cultural thing of el- you just listen to your elders you don't talk back to your elders even if you, your elders are wrong you just sort of nod your head bite your lip and you just get on with life and I have to say my parents are very open to us having open discussions they always invited opinion um like even even if something simple like buying a sofa in the house my parents would never buy anything yeah. for the house without asking me and my sister first but I know that yeah. from our outer circles and families we would get really condemned for that my dad my dad has actually even been told that he's a bad father because he allows me mm. and my sister to have so much much of a a, you know other people in the community would say that you're giving your children too much room they're too outspoken because you give them too much room but my dad was saying they're girls and I want to empower them and I want them to have a voice and I want them to have a place and I want them to know that their opinions matter but in our culture like wider culture and community I know that sometimes you know I felt very uncomfortable to speak up or say the things I wanted to say because I knew you'd be shot down like how dare you speak to an elder like that even though the elder might have made a mistake and I wasn't saying in a disrespectful way I wasn't saying in a rude way I was just pointing out by the way like you've done this and that's not a very nice thing to do and you would still yeah. get shut down because you're a child and how dare you talk to an elder and tell them they did something wrong um so that thing about an apology like you never get it and it, it, it's so unhappy yeah. but I, fa- I found in my journey that apologies are really important for healing like it's such an important part of the process of knowing that someone has heard and validated and understood that what you went through was not good or wasn't right like how important or not important has has that been in in your journey and like how have you dealt with a situation where maybe you have or haven't had the apology you wanted but you've had to carry on and had to had to heal yourself do you know now that you say it and I think about it I don't think I even expected an apology because I just knew it wasn't coming yeah and it wasn't a norm like what you say you know I it didn't even cross my mind if only she apologized or if only they apologized I don't think it ever crossed my mind ever you know but I think when I got married and when I saw my daughter cry at that age I just knew I think it was just an instinct in me to know that I did something wrong and I had to say sorry to it because um I, I, yeah there was just no there was not a logical reasoning behind it when you do something wrong and when you see somebody cry it's it's awful to actually do that do you know yeah. and i think more than anything we just need to be world-class human beings and to actually make somebody tear i just think you're so awful like why would you even do that you know and that's why i, I hate it when people go online and they bully and they and they hurt other people or they say things just hurts other people and i think that doesn't make you a nice person at all no matter what your reasoning is you know so I think when that happened with my daughter it was just an automatic thing and I and there's another instance when I because you know when we're in business we get so caught up with work and sometimes my workload with my clients and because I have multiple businesses I get so busy and so I'll tell her something like okay I'm going to bring you to the cinemas and I would have to cancel on her mm. and there was one day she came to me and she said do you know what if you're not going to bring me don't say because she's looking forward to that movie yeah. you know and and she 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 didn't come across she didn't say it in a bad way she she was really hurt and she said to me don't say that at least i don't have the expectation yeah. and then we will just go when you have the time yeah you know and that's fine but then when you say it and you don't do it it's like i was looking forward i came back from school but then you said you can't go today so i'm just sad and do you know when she said that from that minute onward i've never once till today and it's been years now i've never once cancelled on her Wow. So, do you know what I mean? It's like, and, and I love the relationship because she teaches me, you know, and, the, and I think I wrote that on my social media once, as much as I'm the mom and I, and I share and I educate her and I teach her and I inspire her, 
she has taught me so many things myself. You know, I I have learned so much from her. You know, oh. how to be more brave, how to speak up, how to be more confident. She teaches me a whole lot of stuff. And and I remember it's this in fact happened yesterday when you know and she's in the levers now she's the a level so she's having the levers party yeah. and they all playing this game where they needed to vote uh, give a title to a specific student and then vote so you can be like the most drama queen the most funniest the most oh, yeah. you know that kind of thing right so my daughter got voted for two she got voted for the drama queen and she got <laughs> voted for the most likely most likely to marry a millionaire so this was the two she was voted for right yeah. and then she she stood up and she was obviously she was making a banter and she said who tell me who she did the sassy thing and she was like tell me who she came back and she reenacted the whole thing to me and she freaked her head she said tell me now who voted for the drama queen now just tell me who it is i own it out you know so she's having events with them and then when he came to the millionaire she said now look you guys got it all wrong i don't need to marry a millionaire because I'm i am going to be the millionaire yeah yeah you know and she said that she came and she said that to me and i was like and then her friends were like you reckon and she was like yeah of course it's like no brainer and i'm very proud of that because till now she's working on youtubing she's working on monetizing the YouTube. she's collaborating with so many people she's invested in cryptos and she does investments and Amazing. she's going to learn forex you know she's only 18 yeah you know and so i think that it's it's amazing when she teaches me so many things. She's not afraid to speak up. She tells people as it is, and a very good example of that. You know, we Asians, um, whenever we travel, like from UK, if I go back to Singapore, I have to buy a whole lot of chocolates yes. back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't. Till today, I have no answer why. Even my husband was like, "Why the hell do they need chocolates? Like, as if you can't buy chocolates back there, right?" Yeah. And so we have to buy all these gifts and everything. And it's not because we want to, because we have to. Because yeah. why are you making a trip back home? And so the last time, which was about three years back, when I went back to Singapore, before I did that, I was busy buying all the chocolates back home for my mom, my brother, and my aunts, and everybody. Yeah. And then we went back. And then my mom gave a comment in front of my daughter and myself. And she said, chocolates got enough. Why didn't you buy more? And I, and I didn't even answer. I was just keeping quieter. You know, for me now, I've come to a point where I just listen and then I just keep quiet. I don't argue and, and I just leave it, right? Yeah. And my daughter was like, why do you need her to buy chocolates? Can you not go down to the supermarket and buy chocolates yourself? You know, and my mom was actually downfounded, downfounded because nobody actually said that to her, which, yeah. which to me made so much of sense, right? Yeah. And so this is something I learned from my daughter continuously today, how to speak up like just say what you feel without having to think so much where else because i've been so conditioned over the years i kind of still take the angle like okay the older elder and i just respect it yes. i don't say anything yes. i don't voice my opinion but my daughter's the total opposite she's like my husband she just says it as it is yeah like if she thinks you're full of bull she's going to tell you that's crap no i'm not i'm not buying into that yeah. you know yeah. uh, but that doesn't mean she's rude she just gives her state and her opinion which but i think is amazing it's such an important skill. It's so important. Exactly. When you go out in, into this world, if you don't put what you want out there, people aren't just going to give it to you. And exactly. you know, I really struggled with this when I first went into the working world because of this thing about don't speak up to your elders or people who are more experienced than you. And exactly. all that kind of stuff. I would have ideas that were better or that would, you know, would make things more efficient. And but I was like, but I'm the new person and I'm young. And who's, exactly. gonna, who's going to listen to me? And you wouldn't share those things because you're, yeah. scared, you're scared to, or I shouldn't, right? Or And then finally, after three weeks of everyone trying to figure it out and nobody's got an answer and I'm like by the way I have an idea I don't know if it's silly I'll just tell you and they're like why did you not tell us this before this is like exactly you know, this is really good and um even things like promotions for example it's like you know it's like well this person's been here longer so they have to have a promotion before you and it's mm. like well I've been yeah. here less time and I've done more work and I've, I've given you more success yeah. and I've delivered more projects so I think that speaks more than how long I've been sitting in one chair doing, exactly doing nothing but it took me a such a long time to get to the point where I had the confidence to say that because for so many times when I was like well I deserve a promotion I've hit all the targets before everybody else yeah and, and then still they were like, well, you're still new and that person hasn't got their promotion yet. So we don't want yeah. to upset them. Well, then if they don't want to be upset, they need to do the work. And I'm doing yeah. the work. So why, am yeah. I, why are you happy to upset me who does the work, but you're not happy to upset the person who doesn't do the work, but just sat in that chair for longer than me? Exactly. And, and then by the second time, I was like, I have had enough. I am going to go and have, and you know, even when I discuss this with my parents, like I'm going to go speak to my boss and I'm going to say, I'm not happy with this. This is not okay. But no, 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 no. You, don't, you shouldn't speak to your boss like that. And don't say things like that because then you might lose your job or this might happen. I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to lose my job because I'm asking for what, what, I, what is my right, and I'm happy to find yeah. another. I'm happy to find another job because I'm not being bad. Exactly. Um, what I'm doing, but you know, we're taught in our culture: don't rock the boat. Like you just, just yeah. go. And when it's time, they'll give it to you. And, and like they will never give it to you. 
they'll know that you will stay and you will work hard and you will deliver and you're not going to talk about it because you've been brought up to sit in your box and just like carry on and so with my kids I'm like no if you feel something so as an example my daughter at one particular week someone got star of the week and it was for sitting still like sitting still on the carpet Mm -hmm. and she was like that person never sits still on the carpet they did it once and they got star of the week I sit still every single week on the carpet and I've never been given star of the week right so she like her logic was I do it consistently I do it all the time and I'm not recognized for what I do but someone does it once after being naughty every single week and not sitting properly and they get it for the one time that they sat still and she was really like upset about this and I was like RSV or respiratory syncytial virus is a virus that can cause infections of the lungs and airways and it's estimated to hospitalize over 30,000 children every year. At Synexus, we're looking for adult volunteers to take part in clinical trials to understand the disease and help find a vaccine. To find out if you're eligible to take part in one of our studies, visit synexusclinic.co.uk. Synexus, be part of clinical trials. Do something rewarding. You need to go and tell your teacher that this is how you feel. And she was like, I can't tell the teacher. Like, oh my God, I can't tell the teacher. I'm like, well, you can. If you want something and you think it's wrong, you have to go and tell the teacher. And so she went and told the teacher, like, I feel like this is a bit unfair because I do things every single week. And, you know, I'm not being recognized for what I do. But this person does it once and then they get like an award and a cake with the head teacher. And, they, you know, they yeah. get, I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole style of the week thing in itself is a bit flawed. You know, I, I don't really like the whole thing. But, you know, this is what's happening. And her teacher said, you know, you make a really good point. Like the people who are consistent and do things well don't get recognition. But when someone hasn't yeah. been doing something and they suddenly do it, then they get all the praise and the recognition because they never yeah. did before. But actually, yeah. that's like false. You know, you're, you're demotivating the people who are consistent and are doing it properly. Exactly. And so for the next week, she got star of the week for speaking up and telling her, yeah. her, her, her point of view and sharing it. And I was like, this is what happens yeah. when you speak up and when you, when you share how you feel about stuff. So it's so, so important that we can break that cultural pattern of like, just be quiet, of just course. nod your head, just bite your tongue, just get, you know, just get on with things, just, you know, just deal with it or just respect your elders because they're elders. It's like, just because they're elders yeah. doesn't mean what they do is right and doesn't mean that what they're mm. doing, you know, so we have to, we have to find a respectful way to be able to share our thoughts and our uh, uh, opinions with yeah. people. I just like to come back to sort of like the health side of things in terms of like, obviously mental health wise, there's lots of limits and things that we have to sort of overcome. But physically, did you ever feel any of the effects of like having to deal with those situations or things that are inside? Because I guess when you bottle things up inside, somehow that's going to physically manifest in your body as some sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Did, did you ever have to do with like a physical side of the health implications of, you know, like coming from a culture where you're, you're taught to like sort of keep everything or you're not good enough or you know any of those yeah things. no <laughs> no because I always had an outlet so though I had my mom doing all of that I was angry I was upset I was sad I always had an outlet to go back and, and spit it all out you know so either when I was with my friends or whether it's my grandparents whether it's my aunt I always speak and I think that's one thing that I think I was good at I always voice my opinions and I always share them with people with um, who I'm close to and um, so I think I never really had it physically and I yeah so that is maybe reason why till today I, I can never understand you know, and, and this is not just about mental health or being physically hurt i think a lot of people just do it to themselves they keep it inside you know and they say oh my mom did that to me or because this person did that it's true yes you sure had a lot of experiences which which you wouldn't want to be in that position but then it's on you to do something differently you know, and I think people need to understand that this is not about being empathetic. It's like, okay, I understand you. I feel you. Like if people go, sometimes I think people just go down the wrong road. Like for example, if they have a story that, you know, they've been abused and they're having mental health issues and, and maybe they are, they, they are physically just not doing well and they share that with somebody and most likely the person is, I feel you so much, you know, just be stronger. hope you get better. But let me tell you, that's going to do change nothing. You know, just getting that that nice words from somebody doesn't do anything. It's the same thing in the business space where people attend these motivational talks, YouTubes or anything and always say this. You attend these events, you get pumped up for two, three days. You go like, go, I'm going to rock this. I'm going to hit this goals. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then two, three days later, you come back, you're back in the same dump. 
The reason is because you keep drawing the energy from external rather than working on yourself. Yeah. When you are so internally pumped, that's when you realize that change happens. So when you go to these events or you hang out with those people who pump you up, then the acceleration happens. You kind of leverage that and, and have the tipping point compared to your empty and then you fill that in and then it kind of evaporates after two, three days. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing in this. So, like I said, now I cannot understand where I went with this. But when I was younger, I never really understood the terminology. But I used to always share this. I always used to focus on the right places. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love being happy. I just enjoy fun. So that's where my attention was. But now when you look back and you put a term to it, it's now really kind of taking out all these things that you don't need to be keeping. It's garbage at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. And we spoke about it, right? It's memories. Great. We can share this story that's going to help somebody else. But the purpose of me talking today is not to feel sorry for you or feel empathetic with you because that's not what I'm here to do is to tell you that it doesn't matter what other people have done it's on you to remove that and go live your life yeah right because exactly everything else doesn't matter you know so I don't think physically I was you know in any shape or form no I was quite blessed that way so I kind of just like till today and so what happened was even better I moved away from that environment so now it's just the three of us plus my dog and and I'm just in a happy space you know but I'm not happy we talk if I have anything that I need to share with my husband we talk but I love talking I never keep anything inside so I just I just let it out so and yeah, I think that, that, that is helps. that is so important because if you do if you don't talk about it, then it will just stay within you, and it's so important. I exactly. Almost, I, I almost like um like the way I deal with stuff is it happens, and I will just shout it. I almost like just shout it out, and then it's out of my system. I, I don't worry about it afterwards. But then for exactly. my husband, then for my husband, that's so different because he's like uh like what's happening? Because then he thinks oh like when we first were, uh, met, he's like oh are you upset at me like it's oh, no it's done yeah like I've, I've said it i've said yeah. what you need to say and it's done and now we just carry on exactly like, oh so you're not like angry at me or upset at me or whatever i'm like no in the moment yeah. this is how i felt i let it out and then i'm gonna carry on with what i did but it's, yeah. it's a hard adjustment to make because if you're not used to that you're like oh my god she's really upset she's really angry it's like, yeah no i just need to let no. it out because i don't want to hold it in my system um exactly and now he's obviously used to that. He's like, it's not nice, but fine. I get it. You just need your moment and then you're going to be fine yeah. again. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it's important to give like people an understanding of you need an outlet. And even if it can't yeah. be that you can speak to somebody because maybe, you know, in, in your family, if it doesn't work that way or whatever, are there any other types of outlets that you think that, uh, you know, people can use to help them release of course. negative energy? Yeah. Do you know, honestly, this was something that was a big thing for me. So again, like I said, I come from a space, I was blessed. I have my husband and everyone, but there's so many people that I've met in my journey who don't have that support yes. bubble. Yes. Right. So for them, I always say this, go out and meet new people. Like you wouldn't imagine that it's it's just crazy how you just vibe with someone. And it, and, and again, because I'm very strong on energy and I'm more of an extrovert. So, uh, no introvert, sorry. So when I actually meet people and I go out to events and if there are events where I'm not vibing, it actually draws it drains energy, energy away from you yeah yeah i feel so drained so i don't like having like un- like conversations which is just dumb like it, it it gets into me not because i don't like talking to the person but it drains my energy and i don't feel good so i'm just that person you know and and i don't vibe with everybody so and, and i've met so many people in this line especially in what i do and it's just a handful of people that i could just talk so freely i could share i could just vibe and i could just hang out with and that is a super cool energy so it's really a, like go out there and meet people and don't just go out there and just meet anybody and just start sharing your story you need to have that vibe you need to feel comfortable and then build that connection and you'd be so amazed at how someone that you just met yesterday can actually become such a close friend like i've got my circle of friends friends today is very small it's a handful you know and they're all scattered like one of my best friends is in australia but it's like we could just go on skype or whatsapp or whatever and we could just have a chat about anything and everything not even in the same space she's a homemaker she's got two kids she's not in business whatsoever it doesn't matter it's about who you can vibe with and you can talk about anything and um and i think it's important to have that and it's not like people were born with it you find that relationships right so make an effort to build connections and um go back to basics like when you were a kid when you made friends with somebody you didn't go there to when you were five years old make friends with somebody because his dad or her dad was a millionaire 
Yes. You didn't. Yes. Right? You went there, you said hi, you just made friends because they were cute or they were funny. You just wanted to play in the playground. You just wanted to have fun. Yeah. You know, and I think today people get so mixed up in how they make connections. You know, they, they make connections based on like, what do you do? You know, who do you know? How yeah. much do you make? Like, that, it doesn't matter. Like, most of my friends are either housewives and they're so happy, happier than most of my entrepreneur friends, mm-hmm. or they're just working people. Yes, I sure have a lot of people in business, but it doesn't matter who you are. As long as you're a good human being, you're happy, and I can chill with you and vibe with you and I can have a drink with you, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, it really doesn't matter who you are, how much you have, or whether I'm earning better, you're earning better. It really doesn't matter, you know. So I think people need to go back to the basics of understanding how to build that connection, mm-hmm. and um, and be honest, you know. And uh, and I think that's the only way to build that small community. You don't need fifty friends; you just need five, and and you're good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and life is good. Simple. Yeah. That, that that sounds really good. Thank you so much. There's been so many like amazing nuggets in our conversation that I've just really. I just really love because it just brought me back to a lot of that stuff that I think you've ex- I've experienced in childhood, but I've accepted. Like I just accept that as yeah. that's, that's normal. That's normal. And actually, yeah. speaking, when I've been speaking to you about it, I've actually processed and reflected on a lot of things about actually I am trying to do things differently. Like I'm trying my best exactly. to change the narrative for, for my kids so that they're not stuck in that you know that little box. Yeah. I almost feel like it is a box that you're put into and you have to confine by these rules. Yeah. And it's like, but these rules don't serve, like they don't serve anyone that I really know. Yeah. But, you know, they're not the rules that I want to live by. So um, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful to share that. Thank you. Are there any last words that you'd love to leave our audience with or any last like points that, you know, you feel are important for the audience to, to know? You know, I think um, it's very important. If you're a woman, you want to listen up. I think financial independence is super important. You know, being a great mom. I, and I, like I said, my purpose, my mission is to impact the next generation. And I think it starts with us as parents, you know, because we lead by example. We don't teach them. We don't raise them. You exactly. know, this is something Elon Musk actually said. And I saw this the other day where he says that we brought the children into the world. The children never asked to be brought into the world. They don't owe us anything. We owe them everything. Definitely. You know, and I, and I absolutely love and resonate with that. And it comes back to what you said about how parents feel that we need to support them. We need to give them this. We need to do this. We need to do that. The truth is, as kids, we actually should not be expecting anything from the kids. Expectations is the number one killer. And I think the only way to educate them is to lead by example. Inspire them to be better human beings. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's the only way you're going to do that. So find yourself, be educate yourself financially and um and find happiness that's the bottom line you know just be happy whatever you do if it doesn't make you happy stop doing it it doesn't make any sense to be doing something that you know um doesn't make you happy and just be happy and i think everything else will flow so yeah i love that so much thank you so much that's that's been so wonderful uh, it's been a pleasure to have you thank on today you. and kala has some uh, we'll be dropping all the links to um kala's programs and her site so if you want to catch more of her or learn more about what she does then please do follow those links as well we'll catch you on another episode thank of you. back to health very soon thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like any of the links or the show notes, you can follow them in the description below. And for more episodes of the Back to Health podcast, please be sure to follow us on YouTube or you can follow us on Spreaker where we host our podcast. Thanks again. And I look forward to joining you for another episode of the Back to Health podcast. Until then, stay healthy, stay happy and stay informed.
RSV, or respiratory syncytial virus, is a virus that can cause infections of the lungs and airways, and it's estimated to hospitalize over 30,000 children every year. At Synexus, we're looking for adult volunteers to take part in clinical trials to understand the disease and help find a vaccine. To find out if you're eligible to take part in one of our studies, visit synexusclinic.co.uk. Synexus, be part of clinical trials. Do something rewarding.